The Gospel Reading According to John Jesus said, I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd, does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep, for I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from the Father. Thanks be to God. What is the first image that comes to your mind when you hear of the Good Shepherd? For me, it's an image of a perfectly groomed European man with beautiful mid-length brown hair and a brown beard. He is dressed in a white kanzu, which, in, which is what we would call it where I grew up. But I couldn't figure out a name for it in English, so we're just going to call it a white dress. There's a red fabric right across his shoulder and a staff in one hand and a lamb in the other. In the background, there are more sheep, just like the ones we have in our background here, and some green pasture. This was a beautiful image. It was what was shown in my Sunday school while I was growing up. I remember me and my friends anxiously waiting for the lessons to be over so that we could go to the snack lady and buy something we called sukadi mata, which literally means sugar and milk, powdered milk. I reminisced about my time in Sunday school this week with my mom and how on many occasions I was tempted to use the money meant for offerings to buy the small packets of milk. I may or may have not given in to this temptation, but that's not what we're here for today. As I read today's passage, I remembered this image, a beautiful and gentle shepherd. I imagined my little self held in the hands of Jesus like that little lamb. It was always a comforting image. But as I read today's passage, I couldn't find this image relating to the, Jesus, to the shepherd that Jesus was describing. This shepherd that John writes about sounds like more like a superhero of sheep. He's a shepherd so caring that he would risk his own life for the sheep. So I went to Google, as my mother would call her, Grandma Google, and asked what was a life of a shepherd in Jesus' time would look like. Obviously, I couldn't find any videos from Jesus' time, but what I could find was a documentary on shepherds in Tajikistan and a nomadic pastoralist in Uganda called in Karamoja. Both of these communities are located in land that would look or reflect something like Jerusalem landscape and season might have been in what Jesus is describing. 
They also, these shepherds, did not look anything like the beautifully groomed man that I saw in my Sunday school book. Their clothes were different and their hair was not perfectly groomed. During the winters, or the dry season, the shepherds had to have to travel miles and miles into the dangerous mountains and lands just to find pasture and water for their animals. Into the wilderness they would go, and there they would find wild animals, beer, bears and lions and hyenas and wolves and all of which prey on their sheep. To these communities, their animals are part of their community. They are protected and cared for and loved as part of the family. With this image in mind, I see more clearly the kind of shepherd that Jesus is describing. One that didn't take the job as a means of survival, but one that identifies the sheep as family. But you see, Jesus, as always, takes this metaphor a little deeper, claiming the sheep that do not belong to his own flock and says they're his own. Jesus promises to bring them into the fold. It is here that the good news comes for us. Here is where Jesus claims us, the Gentiles, as his own. But what we hear as good news might not have been received as such when Jesus spoke these words. You see, the Gentiles were the outsiders. They were the enemies. And to some of the Jews, having them and the Gentiles in one flock was unacceptable. In fact, the following verses tell us that Jesus was considered possessed by demons for saying these words. As I think of Gentiles in my time, those that would, I would rather not associate with, the ones that we other because they, look, they either look suspicious or have a set of beliefs that are different from ours. The ones who look and sound nothing like us. I realize how hard it is to imagine this world, a world of one flock. With the many separations that we have in our society, according to race, class, borders, social norms, languages, and many others, and with justice systems and social systems that feed into the separation, it almost feels impossible to see this kind of flock that Jesus is presenting to us. But that is until I realize that Jesus does not allocate this work of calling and bringing together to me. He, in verse 16 says, he will call and bring together himself and, they, and he will call all of his folk together. Even when it may not look like it, God is still working. God is working in the world through each and every one of us, using our many gifts and talents, working in ways both visible and invisible to bring us, his sheep, into the fold into one flock under one shepherd, guiding us with a staff and driving away beasts with his rod. With this, I remain rest assured that even in my fear and despair, in the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for God is with me. A God who walked with an imperfect people for hundreds of years, 
loving and protecting them even when they disappointed and rejected her. God, who walked and lived amongst sinners. A God who will go to the ends of the world to walk with us in the darkness, pulling us out of the darkness and into the light. That God, Jesus, the Good Shepherd, who will risk disruption of norms and divisions to create a flock that includes all of his children. The Good Shepherd, who will fight wolves and lions knowing full well that it will cost his life so that we can be held in all our complexities and different identities, like the little lamb from my Sunday school book image from many years ago. Held in all our perfect imperfections by an almighty, all loving and all out God who promises to reach out to us even when we do not know that we belong to him. And we, as the psalmists say, will dwell in the house of our Lord forever. Amen.